the Sons and Daughters podcast. Discover and walk in the life that Jesus lives inside of you. Hosted by Andy and Tina Hayner, leaders of Full Speed Impact Ministry. Hi, welcome to the Sons and Daughters podcast. I'm Tina Hayner, and this is my husband, my wonderful husband, Andy Hayner. Yeah, it's good to be together. Brothers and sisters, uh, we are so excited that you will join us. We want to encourage you to know who you are in Christ, that you are His son or daughter, that you share sonship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has actually adopted you, given you the same relationship with Him that Jesus does, and put His Spirit inside of you. And we can learn how to live in the power of His Spirit and the power of His identity, and that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a special guest. I'm excited to hear his story and, and many, many testimonies. Yeah, we've uh, got a good buddy of mine that is a traveling evangelist. He's an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God denomination, um, but he's not denominational in his heart. Mm-hmm. He is a kingdom-minded uh, man, and he's got an amazing story. He is the leader of Sons of Righteousness Ministries. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's go ahead and bring him on without wasting any time. Uh, why don't you share with us a little bit about your ministry? How did you come to call it the Sons of Righteousness Ministry? Where did where how did that you come to that that name? Yeah, that's that's a great question because I am very seldom asked that asked that question. So I embrace that question. <laughs> um, I really do. Um, I was actually doing ministry you know, here and there with another friend of mine. And I ended up staying at his house, uh, sleeping on the couch, you know, cause I didn't really want to, you know, he, he, well, we were hanging out and it got so late. I was just like, you know, he was like, Hey man, will not you just stay over? And, uh, I had a dream. This was back in 07. I had a dream and the Lord spoke to me in the dream. And he's done that a lot. He spoke to me in the dream and he goes, I've called your ministry Sons of Righteousness. And that's all that was in the dream. That's it. Wow. He was just like, the name of your ministry, Sons of Righteousness. I was like, yes, sir. There you go. And if God tells you it's going to be Sons of Righteousness, you better darn well do it. <laughs> I just read this morning about how uh, Zachariah was told to, to name the baby John. And uh, and they were giving his wife a hard, a hard time, time, and yeah. and uh, he had to come to bat for her. But when he did, when he named the baby what God That's said, true. that uh, his mouth was opened. So uh, <laughs> I imagine you probably have the same thing. You can't have a ministry without having your mouth opened a little bit. <laughs> right. I, well, as soon as I got that name, I went home and I pondered. I went in my office and um, I was still living with my parents at the time. And I had an office um, like I had um, my, my dad got married and the, the, the my stepmom kind of gave me a wing of the house that we moved into. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had an office and I was sitting in my office and I'm just like sons of righteousness. And a couple years later, I had a friend call me and come over and go, hey, dude, I got a scripture for you. Mm. And then he put the scripture out of Malachi chapter four. And I'm like, you know, and I'm feeling kind of stupid because I'm like, I should know the word, but 
You know, I don't know every scripture. <laughs> I don't know everything about verse. <laughs> yeah, right. And so he was like, the Bible says that the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, uh -huh. There you go. Well, in 2008, the Lord spoke to me, and he just spoke to me. I was uh, playing on my computer. I wasn't really doing anything. I was just <laughs> you doing it all. spiritual? <laughs> I wasn't. I I'm hardly ever did that, actually. You know, I'm just a guy from a townhouse in Monroe, Louisiana, um, pretty much. And so he spoke to me, and he goes, uh, start preaching healing. That's I mean, it's short, precise, and to the point. There you go. Well, that's the way God is usually. He doesn't uh, beat around too many bushes unless he wants to give you a uh, revelation like the book of Revelation or the book of right. Ezekiel. Uh, <laughs> uh, so well that's that's awesome man uh so before we get to talking too much about your ministry um i'm sure people would love to hear you know a little bit of your story how god has worked in your life i'm sure you probably get sick of telling it uh but it's your story it's a, and it's yeah. so powerful we'd love to hear a little bit yeah um that's kind of my bread and butter. Um, that's my story is actually what gets my foot in the door in a lot of places. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've had to tweak it here and there. And when I started out telling it, I was like, man, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I was supposed to go and tell it. Yeah. And so I did what I could do. And then I had a couple of friends kind of like help me shape it better. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, basically I was born December of 77 and I always make the joke everywhere I go, 77, the height of disco. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, disco was king in 77 through 79. And so I was born in 77, the, the height of disco. And uh, I was born in Bossier General and um, Bossier, Louisiana, which is an hour and a half from where I live now. And so um, my mom had had a miscarriage before I was born. And I don't know the length of time between the miscarriage and the time I was born, but I knew that it happened because she came to me when I was like 10 and told me what happened and told me I had a brother. And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's cool. I can't wait to get to heaven to see him, you know, and I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my, um, with my mom, uh, with the ultrasound that they had, I heard that everything was normal the ultrasound right before uh, she was supposed to deliver me. Well, she had to deliver me by C-section um, because my head was too big. And the, the issue was that it was double trouble for my mom because I was born with what I call triple trouble. Hmm. Um, I was born with hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. Um, I'm four foot ten, so it kind of robbed my height. And uh, so I have a very short fuse. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like to make a lot of jokes because it's funny now. It wasn't funny, funny then. Yeah. And so I'm four foot ten. The hydrocephalus kind of stole my height. It's water on the brain. Um, I was also born with a partial skull. Like my skull was like barely there. Mm. And so a uh, partial skull formation and on top of that, I was born with no brain. And so I always tell everybody when I go share my story that my birth was the original no-brainer. Uh -huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so my question to the medical field for years and years and years was, how can I have hydrocephalus 
which is water, water on, on the brain. brain. But I don't <laughs> have a brain. brain. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? That you question know? came to my mind too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I make a lot of jokes to try to keep it light anytime I tell my story because it was pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor gave me less than an hour to live. Mm-hmm. And he told my parents that if I did live, that I would be a possible vegetable mm. or I was just going to die. And uh, their diagnosis is like 43 years too late. Sure. That's right. So I kind of rubbed that in their face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they got that one you wrong. Know, you know, so I'm just kind of like one of those people. Well, I, I, uh, I've had 25 plus surgeries and I say plus cause my dad said that he quit counting after the first 25 mm. and, uh, I've overcome bullying and alcohol and, uh, suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. and, um, the reason all that happened is because of, you know, you know, um, I got picked on a lot, but, um, mm. so the doctor gave me less than an hour to live and my mom wouldn't take no for an answer. She had already had a miscarriage and she wasn't giving this one up. Mm. And, you know, the doctor just poked and prodded and poked and prodded and, you know, all the nurses were like, you may as well just, you know, don't get attached to it told the family don't get attached to him because he's not gonna make it and just let him go let him go let him go you know and um my mom screaming and crying and carrying on and fussing and they wouldn't let they wouldn't let her go down to feed me in the nursery and she pretty much threatened the pediatrician she was like if you don't let me go down and feed him i'll will myself down there by golly you know i'm gonna do it because it's my kid and so, you know, she was pretty feisty. And um, I always tell people that I thank God for my parents because I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't if it wasn't for their forcefulness mm-hmm. uh, to keep me. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't have had a chance to do all the stuff that I've done over the last forty three years, you know, or just have life in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, after a while there was um there was a spirit-filled nurse that was taking care of me and um she lives in texas now i'm actually trying to get an interview with her Mm -hmm. um but her name is Susie, and she asked my mom if she could call her pastor Mm -hmm. well she was local she lived in shreveport and bozier and shreveport are twin cities like where i live monroe and west monroe are twin cities Mm -hmm. and so my mom welcomed the idea for her to call her pastor and he was a pastor of an assembly of god church uh in shreveport where she lived and that's where she attended and so he came well my grandparents called their pastor who is from here where i live west monroe and that's like an hour and a half so he brought with him another minister friend that's a pastor today that I'm actually pretty close to. And uh, so there was three Assembly of God preachers that came and they prayed for me. And what they prayed was a little out of the ordinary, but I call it a prayer of command. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad pretty much helped me piece my story together because my dad remembers everything that happened. Sure. And the, the, the preachers prayed, God, give this baby a brain where there is no brain. Mm-hmm. Like a matter of fact, mm-hmm. 
And the story is that when the preachers, uh, the preacher and the pastor got back to West Monroe, they got a phone call in his office that the nurse called and said, well, God gave this baby a brain. Praise God. So how long did it take for your brain to grow in after they prayed? Do you know that? We don't know. Um, we don't know. Um, it was between that hour and a half when they left and got right, to the office. So you're talking about said, less than a day. Yeah, yeah. because he said by the time the pastor got back. We're, we're probably talking in like maybe a few minutes. Wow, yeah. praise God. God. Yeah, because <laughs> by the time the pastor got back to West Monroe, which was about an hour or right. so, he said it, that he got the call that the baby had a brain now. Wow, praise he God. Had a brain. <laughs> and you are... Um, and you are now in ordained Assemblies of God ministers, is that right? I am. They uh, they were gracious enough to let me in, <laughs> and so that's great. Yeah, uh, I have I've made a lot of friends, and so yeah, I I uh, it was really cool when that happened because uh, there's three levels: there's certified minister, there's licensed minister, and there's ordained. Well, um, I had uh invited curry blake down in 2016 to do a conference with me and another friend of mine and we had a huge conference there was people from like 10 different states that showed up for that mm -hmm. all the way down here somebody flew from connecticut mm -hmm. so the last guy uh the last phone call i got for that meeting was on the night before the meeting happened and a friend of mine that pastors in arkansas uh, he heard that uh, Curry was going to be there. Of course, Curry was the draw for that meeting, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was really cool because we connected and we started hanging out. And then he told me that he was an Assembly of God pastor. Or he's with the Assemblies. And I was like, why are you with the Assemblies? Because I'm <laughs> curious. He's like, because that's where God told me to be. And I'm like, you know what's funny? You know, I said, back in like 07 and 08, God gave me a whole bunch of dreams about the assemblies, a bunch of dreams about the assemblies. Everything had to do, like there was about two or three weeks worth of dreams just about the assemblies. Mm. And so I was telling him this, and I said, I might should be there too, and can you help me get there? And he was like, well, come to my church for a while. So I had actually, I've been working with a church in Arkansas on and off. And so I went there for you know twice a month for like two or three months then he introduced me to his presbyter who i'm really 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 close to and the presbyter said that when he walked when i walked into his office the lord immediately spoke to him and said you're to help this young man mm. and so after a while we talked and i was like well man i've been doing ministry for like I think at that time it was like 13 or 14 years. Right. And I've been in the, I had been in prison ministry. I've done a lot of stuff. And he's like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, we're going to petition the other presbyters to let you fill out a timeline. And so he's like, I want you to write down everything you ever done in your life. Ministry wise. I said, okay. So we put that together and fixed it up and we sent it to, uh, the other presbyters and they scored on a point system and they said I scored more than enough points. So I got to skip the license level. Okay. I took one class and I basically skipped over all the license uh, level classes, but I still had to go to school for the ordination. 
But I mean, and they wait, they make you wait two years after they give you your license. Right. And so, but yeah, so that's pretty much my journey for that. That's exciting. And so I'm with them and, you know, just ministering, you know, anywhere I can get in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, you had mentioned, you know, after, so I guess the brain coming in was probably the beginning of the healing uh, and that you you got this part of your story from your parents, obviously, because you don't <laughs> you I mean know. nobody yeah. remembers when their brain forms. Um, when did you, so you grew up and you experienced a lot of bullying. Um, you, you obviously grew up in a Christian home. When did you come to know Christ and how did, um, how did that, you know, how did that journey come about as you like, I guess, began to overcome that, go from being bullied to actually ministering to other people and helping them to overcome, you know, their trials and troubles? Well, um, my uncle was a children's church leader. He was the pastor of a children's church for a long time, and he just liked doing it. In fact, have you ever, you remember the fire Bible that uh, Willie George had where he'd open the Bible and there's, there's like a small ashtray in that Bible where he lights a fire. If you've ever seen the Gospel Bill show, he, he opens the Bible and there's a fire that comes out of it. And when you close it, it consumes the well. Anyway, Willie George gave him that Bible. Okay. And and uh, anyway, so he's a – I was 10 years old when I got born again, mm -hmm. you know, because, I mean, I finally understood it. I mean, I pretty much grew up in the Christian's – christian home mm -hmm. i always knew there was a god but i didn't know a whole lot about him mm -hmm. you know my mom was the typical mom that read bible stories to us before we went to bed or something you know i wish that was the typical home. mom <laughs> mm, yeah yeah well I, that's that's what i call a typical yeah mom. No, she up here, yeah. yeah. No, and really, you, sadly, if, <laughs> if that was more the typical mom, I think that yeah. wouldn't be in some of the state that we're in. Yeah, a lot of people. Maybe I should have said Christian typical yeah, mom. Christian, yeah, Christian, so, yeah, mm -hmm. typical mom, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, but from, you know, I was bullied from preschool mm -hmm. uh, till actually high school. Wow. And... You know, I just got picked on a lot, and I have like a little brew of a little, you know, I have a, I have a little dent here in my forehead, and I'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. But you know, um, my my skull was shaped with like an overhang in the back of it, and kids would run up and grab it mm -hmm. just for no reason. And kids are kids. Right. I mean, you can't. But I held on to that stuff for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of baggage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't get rid of it for a long time either. I mean, it was just like one of those things that when that kind of stuff happens, it ain't easy to get rid of and it haunts you for a while. Well, sure. Well, why don't you, sh can you share briefly, because I know that there's probably people that listen to our podcast that can identify with sure, that. They know that helping a child that's being bullied. Either right? they're carrying baggage mm -hmm. or they are seeing someone they love, their own Beaver. children, mm -hmm. uh, having to deal with bullying. Um, you know, maybe you could speak to some of that um, from your experience. Well, one of the things that I can say that helped me recently, um, 
is, and I'll say recently, 2016, um, I didn't do a whole lot of meetings in 2016, but I always, you know, and, you know, the, the word, the word revival is kind of a loose word. Sometimes, you know, it's not used that I think in the proper manner, but, uh, we really did have revival in our house, me and my wife. And what I mean by that is, um, there was a, a prophet that I grew up knowing for, I don't know, I've known him for like 30 years. And whenever he called about that meeting in 2016, uh, it was 2015 whenever he called. But when he called about that, you know, I had put been putting all this negative stuff on my Facebook page. And he's like, he when he called, he called to ask about the meeting. And he said, let me bring this up and talk to you about this. He's like, you shouldn't be doing this. And nobody wants to see that and this, this, and this. And I was having some troubles. And I really shouldn't have done that. But the Lord started, he prayed for me mm-hmm. on, on the phone. And I felt something lift off of me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was that. And so, like, for six months in 2016, the Lord just kind of cleaned me out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that was years and years because I would go and minister. And I'd be all right. I'd see people healed. I'd see people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. But when I would get home, I'd pick that baggage back up. Wow. I'm pretty transparent on this. So, I mean, <laughs> I may say some shocking things, but... I've seen, I've been through a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, having to deal with that. And it's real and it's serious. And I picked up my baggage even after ministry. And it took me a little while longer just to be like, listen, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. How did you and, How did you get done with it and get to that place where you um, were ready to let the baggage go? You recognized it as baggage you kept picking up and then you just got done picking it back up how did you how did you get to that point i just i just got tired of being tired of it (laughs) and i did and i started praying in tongues a lot i have i have a couple of friends of mine one's in houston one is here local and they taught me how to pray (laughs) both of them at different times and i started praying in tongues a lot (laughs) and you know, whether some of the people listening know this or not, praying in tongues will help that. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, it'll just make you do stuff that you need to do instead of stuff you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Leonard Ravenhill said, a sinning man doesn't pray and a praying man doesn't sin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just started praying in tongues and I started getting free and it took some time, but I started getting free and, um, I think it was like last year, last, sometime last year or at the end of 2009, I think it was last year, the Lord gave me a dream and me and my dad were standing at a supermarket and it was a Walmart. You could tell it was a Walmart. You know what a Walmart looks like as soon as you walk in. Even if, even if there's no sign, you know it's a Walmart. And we were standing in line. We didn't have anything to buy, um, but we were in line to check out. And I, we're both facing the front of the line. And all of a sudden, he taps me on the shoulder. And standing next to him is Curry Blake. Well, Curry was my mentor for 11 years. 
And Curry is wearing a purple a, a purple cap with uh with a gold it was gold and purple. And he's wearing this shirt that's diagonal and like the colors are diagonal and it's green and one of it some of it's white. And he my dad was like, he has something to tell you. And so he I turned around and looked and listened. And he grabbed my hand really gently, and he said, I just want you to know that your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to write a message on condemnation. And so I've been preaching for about a year. I've been preaching a message on condemnation because that's what I was doing with myself. With all the stuff that I had been through, the bullying this and that, trying to cover up depression with alcohol or doing this and that and the other. I was in condemnation, and the Lord just basically gave me a dream, let me know, like, look, you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was free before that, but it was for the, – the dream was for the people. Right. And so – I wrote a message about condemnation, and I've been talking about it. And I talk about all the stuff, the questions that you're asking me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's really encouraging. I can tell that you're free. It's neat to see that uh, not only did God heal your your body, but also mm-hmm. heal your mm-hmm. your heart as well. I think it's neat too how God uses other people in the body to, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they come to us lovingly like your friend did and said you you gotta let that go you gotta stop that and yeah. but he didn't only do that he prayed for you yeah, yeah and kind of set you on a journey uh, personally of yeah i'm gonna deal with this I'm, I'm yeah you're right i'm done with this and i don't know that's just kind of neat how mm-hmm. the body uh we can minister to one another that way you know, and one of the things that you pointed out that I think thought was interesting is God was already using you in ministry while you still had mm-hmm. some personal need Things of growth and, yeah. and issues. And uh, my wife and I, we had j- just been talking about some of the stuff that uh, has been has come out since Ravi Zacharias's death, which has is, is just been so sad. been sad and terrible. And, and I think, you know, as the body of Christ, sometimes we, we put ministers, especially ones that God uses to do things like heal the sick and things like that, we put them on pedestals. And a lot of times, you know, they still need, they need the ministry of the body of Absolutely. Christ as well. I, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I I was no by no means anywhere probably where I should have been spiritually. But I mean, I knew what to do to get other people free, and you know, it's just I was looking to help to help people, and I knew I was still messed up on the inside, and you know, I, that's why I appreciate my wife because my wife's been a real encouragement. And, and, uh, she walks in it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has the gift of discerning the spirits like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she's been a real, real encouragement, you know, and, and my parents both were very encouraging. My mom was a huge supporter and, and, uh, I mean, she was there and she knows all the stuff that I went through, but you know, the past is the past. And that was basically what God was telling me in the dream. Yeah. Yeah. 
past, the past is the past. That's where you should leave it. I tell people in that message as I talk about condemnation, I say, put your bags on the airplane that you're not flying on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Jesus is that airplane, too, because he bore all of our sins and all our baggage. He took it all on his shoulders, brother. Right. Yeah, that that's good. Um, so what else is, uh, you know, as you minister, um, I'm sure you interact a lot with the body of Christ. You speak in a lot of different places. Um, trying to encourage people and build up the body. What are some of the things that you're observing about the body, at least the, you know, in general, that you feel like, you know, believers really need to get this. uh, And it's, and this is something I carry that I can help them. You know, sometimes we miss things. We just, we go to church and we're missing it. And there's, there's a way that God uses you to kind of help people. Um, What are you observing? Well, I mean, something obvious that I've already been told, and, um, you know, I'm friends with um, the presbyters that are in my area, and, you know, one of them told me right when I started, they're like, listen, they need your message. The the, the fellowship that I'm in, they need your message. Um, You know, I grew grew up spiritually, sort of word of faith. Um, I like word of faith, but that's not all there is. There's other stuff, but there's some foundational things that they have. And basically my friend was like, you know, this, this fellowship, you know, needs your teaching. They need your teaching on authority. They need your teaching on how to walk in dominion and they just need this. And a lot of what I've seen, the underlying thing that I have seen is that people need to know who they are in Christ because I believe, mm. you know, and I can't speak. I mean, I can just make a state, uh, a broad statement, say uh, most of the body of Christ that I've dealt with very are very limited number of people actually know who they are in Christ. Mm. And that's the number one thing that people have got to know, because if they don't know who they are, they don't know their skill level in Christ. Uh, they don't know their skill level in Christ, and they don't really know who the God is that they serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what's what's maddening about it is that a lot of the people that really need to discover who they are in Christ think they know who they are in Christ. Right. Um, but they're missing significant aspects. And so uh, one thing that would be helpful is just like, Things that Jesus does and did, he can do through you. Absolutely. And what you have limited him in your mind, well, no, I know Jesus can do that, but I'm not Jesus. As much as you would say that, you actually don't know your identity in Christ because he lives in you. And God has made you as much of a son through him as he is to do the same works. Sons of righteousness. Yeah, so... Uh, it doesn't surprise me that God would call your ministry sons of righteousness because mm-hmm. you have to know <laughs> that you're a son and you have to know that you are right mm-hmm. uh, with God. Well, I, I've recently done this. I kind of changed procedure on introduction when I stand up. And, you know, it doesn't matter if I've been someplace more than once. I still always go and now I'm starting to just tell people look I'm an evangelist and my job 
you know, and then I'll say the job of the whole fivefold ministry, my job is to grow you up mm -hmm. to look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And anything I tell you today, whether it's, a, you know, steps on your toes or it makes <laughs> you feel better, everything I tell you today while I'm teaching is it's going to be something that's going to grow you spiritually. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty passionate about that because, uh, I mean, the signs and wonders are great. And that is what brings people in. They're just a byproduct of salvation. Sure. The signs and wonders are great. And man, I used to be, when I started, I was so excited about signs and wonders mm -hmm. and I still am. Mm -hmm. I love to see people get healed. Mm -hmm. But the greatest thing for me is somebody to walk out of the building with what they didn't have when they walked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they know they can do it. I was going to say, when, when God you can see use it go me. on for them, that they realize Jesus is in me, and Jesus still heals, and he'll, he'll heal through me. Because yeah. uh, as an evangelist, it's not it, the role of the evangelist to win everybody to Christ. It, you're to equip the, the body, the, body. the saints, mm -hmm. to do the works of to the ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, everything that you're doing, you're teaching others to do as well. Mm -hmm. And when you see the body of Christ, you know, go take Jesus out of the building <laughs> and not just leave him there. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what the world it's needs. Yeah. Well, one of the things to go along with that is we, you know, I have this constant, I have this constant thing about teaching people. Look, it ain't for it ain't for the inside. the 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 church is a classroom for whoever's up there. If they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're supposed to be teaching you what to do outside the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's right. We got to get it out, and it's just. But that's that's pretty much my forte. I try to go. And I tell people, and of course I pray for people after mm -hmm. every meeting. But uh, and I used to say when they 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 asked me on my license uh, interview when they interviewed me, what's your what's your three favorite parts of ministry? And I said signs and wonders and miracles and fellowship with people, and that was it. But it's not it anymore. Um, uh, my favorite part is when somebody actually picks it up. And decides to apply it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. What do you think holds people back from 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 doing that? Uh, fear. Fear. Mm. How do, what do you help how do you help people get over their fears? Well, as uh I had a friend tell me, he's like, you know, you're teaching people right now in our in our fellowship how to walk in what you're doing because you're actually doing it in front of them mm -hmm. and they're seeing results. I mean, mm -hmm. in 2018, we saw a lady that had a cut nerve from a surgery that was blind from a cut nerve. She was healed instantly mm -hmm. in in the meeting. Praise and God. this is here around the Shreveport area, close to where I was born. Mm -hmm. And she was a praise and worship leader at that church. And she started screaming when her when her vision started coming back, and the whole crowd started screaming. And and then and then later on, after that meeting, maybe a day or two later, uh, one of my pastor friends talked to another friend of mine that was the pastor of the church I was at, and he goes, "Well, maybe Jacob's just a little bit more anointed than me. I mean, I don't know what he's got." that gets him, makes him, or allows him to do all this stuff. Mm. 
And my friend looks at him and goes, you reckon it's what he believes? And, and uh, so my thing about trying to get people out of fear and stop questioning so much about what they're – it's just to do it yes. in front of them. Mm-hmm. Do it. Keep doing what you're doing. And eventually they're going to start coming and asking questions. And then you'll have an opportunity to answer those questions. Yeah. And, and I really appreciated the way your friend said, you know, it's not that Jacob has more anointing. It's that he believes uh, <laughs> certain things. And that's what we learned in uh, John G. Lake Ministries mm-hmm. is, as John Lake, he taught, he said, I didn't have a gift of healing. I discovered the principles of the kingdom mm-hmm. by which if a man operates, uh, healing will flow through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. that's true for all of us. Yeah. Well, brother, I, I really appreciate you sharing with us. You've got an amazing testimony, a powerful ministry, and I love the fact that you're transparent. Don't ever stop doing that <laughs> right. because that's that's really, I think, part of walking in the light. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's... Uh, I, I feel like it helps to draw people in whenever you... Because you know what you said earlier about putting certain ministers on pedestals? Yeah. You know, I constantly tell people, listen, <laughs> live in my house for a week. I'm the guy next door. I ain't nothing special. <laughs> I ain't nothing special. I put on my clothes just like everybody else. You know, I eat, you know, probably more than I should, just like everybody else. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm just a normal guy, but I, I have an extraordinary God. Yes. And I really, I tell people, I'm like, listen, I have no choice but to believe the supernatural because I am the supernatural. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so, and, but the transparency thing, I just want people to feel comfortable. And I want you to know that I was right where you were at some point. Sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that that's wonderful. We really appreciate you, brother. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we just so pray much. that God blesses you and your ministry. Um, if you would like to get in touch with uh, with Jacob, uh, his ministry is called Sons of Righteousness Ministry. He is on Facebook as Jacob Revived Phillips. Uh, <laughs> he's not looking for revival. He's revived. And uh, I'm sure you can reach out to him there and message him. And uh, he would... Uh, be a blessing to your yeah. your church, or do you, uh, do you do you just go to churches, or do you go to small groups, or wherever just the Lord opens a door, or how does that work? Wherever, wherever, wherever God decides He's going to send me, and where He opens up, that's where I go. I I just do whatever He tells me to do. I'm not, I don't worry too much about anything. Um, God just does what He does, and I do whatever He says, and that's just the easiest way. <laughs> that's great. And then everything works out. That's yeah, right. that that is true. Yeah. Well, hey, you give <laughs> you uh you give your sweet wife a hug for us. Wow, you know it's just amazing God doing what He did in His life. I mean, from from birth, from the get go, mm-hmm. born without a brain right. and and no skull, and and then you know they come and pray for Him, and within an hour, and. And and those weren't just Hallmark prayers. Those were prayers that allowed God to do do what he wanted to do. Right. And, and, and like he said, he said he likes to call them commanding prayers. And I thought, you know, that's really good. I mean, and, um, you know, I've talked with some people about this too. It's like, we're not commanding God at all. We're commanding 
in the natural what needs to happen. We're we're declaring what needs to happen, or maybe we're commanding a demon to go to to deliver somebody. Um, But but it's taking that authority also that he was kind of talking about, you know, just it's like when you finally kind of really understand who you are in Christ and that, you know, um, he's given us authority. Yeah over these things and so um it's just exciting I mean, just his very life is exciting but then yeah. god's like here i've got even more i'm gonna take him and use him to mm. train other people up and to yeah. help them understand and uh, it's just so beautiful yeah. beautiful to see it, you know and i bet there were and he even mentioned you know struggling with even suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and things like and, that and the bullying and, and, yeah. and you know sometimes you just feel like you're so different and you know why am i this way and mm-hmm. he could have you know questioned god um, but God was at work in him through all of that. Right, right. And his grace is able to overcome all of the negativity. And, and sometimes we're, we, we make a big mistake when we blame God mm-hmm. for the evil mm-hmm. that people do uh, when they're not obeying God sure. um, and the way that that impacts mm-hmm. us. Um, mm-hmm. But here, you know, it just shows you that in God's time, when we open up our hearts to him, he's already got the solution in his spirit and he's able to just solve that in us. Yeah. Um, you know, and just going back to him being in the hospital, how many people, they get words from the doctor, they see, you know, scans and they mm. see, you know, evidence that there's nothing there. Right. You know, that God creates brains every day. Every day, right. Um, in the womb. So what's the big deal out of the womb? <laughs> and some people are like, well, if God wants to create a brain, he can do it. No, wait a second. God has committed himself to work through us. us. He, right. When he created Adam and Eve, he, he said, let them rule. And so when he created us in his image and his likeness, he's redeemed us back. Now he's he's he came you know, with Jesus seeking that which he lost. He lost people he could work through, people he could indwell. Now he can indwell mm-hmm. us. He can manifest his presence and he can do what only God can do. What did Jesus say? With God, nothing, nothing is, is impossible. impossible. Amen. And yeah. so don't be afraid to believe God for, for big things, things because for God is small. He right. creates brains all the time. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because the pull from the world and uh, is to let it, like the nurses and the doctors that let him go, let him go. This is just yes. the way it is. But to have that faith in God, when your eyes are on God, you see you can see God yep. makes a brain. There's going to be a brain there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and just yeah. having that dogged determinedness. No, no, it's not going to be this I'm way. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let doctors and have the final word because mm-hmm. my God is bigger than That's any right. doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Well, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, It's our pleasure to be able to provide these podcasts to you. Mm-hmm. If it's a blessing to you, we encourage you to share this with other people. Uh, if you're downloading it somewhere or watching it somewhere, uh, just give it a thumbs up, give it a rating, forward it on to other people um, so that they can be blessed as well. If you'd like additional resources, you can go to our website, fullspeedimpact.com, where you'll find all kinds of uh, conference videos. And then if you would like, we would love for you to consider being part of the Full Speed Impact Academy, our online mentoring program. Uh, But meanwhile, we'll be releasing another um, podcast every Friday at noon, once once a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we look forward to seeing you next time. Meanwhile, go walk with Jesus and impact the world around you.